Today I'm going to talk about, my title is Word of His Grace. Word of His Grace. Praise the Lord. Last week, my message which was about the results of Pentecost. We talked about in my message about great grace, which was found in Acts, the fourth chapter, verse 33, how God poured out an extra portion of spirit upon them and that he gave them great grace along with power and unity and all those great things. In this world of not knowing what is going to happen from one day to the next, where government requirements and rules of life are involving in involving in many difficulties or evolving in many difficulties and where financial situations are shaky, we need God's grace poured out upon us more than ever. How many here and here can say amen to that? Amen. If we ever need God's grace, we need God's grace now. Hallelujah. Last week, we discovered that to those who will be filled with the Holy Spirit and those who will choose to live that spirit-filled life, God gives them boldness, he gives unity coupled with generosity. He gives great power and great grace. Hallelujah. That word grace had to do with God's graciousness, which resulted in happiness, joy, liberality, gratitude, a divine influence upon the heart, and its reflection in the life and pleasures of life. Great grace includes all the positive blessings of God that I just mentioned. Even though the early church went through many hardships and persecutions, this great grace brought them through it all with much satisfaction. Even though they were put in jail, even though many were killed, their loved ones were killed, they were, they were tortured more than we won't even think about. Yet it brought the satisfaction to them who were children of God who were born again by the blood of Jesus, that they could spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the known world at that time. What a satisfaction to know when you stand before God that you did not let difficulty stop you, but you went out and you still won, won souls for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Today, we will look at other scriptures and see what they say about grace and its benefits. Let's read our text scripture. It's found in Acts the 20th chapter. 32 through 35. That's Acts 20, verses 32 through 35. If you have your Bibles out there on the internet, take your Bibles out. If you're not driving on the road, if you're where you can, maybe you're at lunch or whatever, you're at home. Let's read together because this scripture is important. You need to mark this first verse anyway, verse 32. At verse 32, we're now reading, For now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Verse 33, I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said is more blessed to give than to receive. Hallelujah for your word, O oh God. In the previous scriptures before our text scripture, when you read on in the first part of the chapter, Apostle Paul is declaring to the church in Ephesus how he had been treated for the gospel, for the preaching of the gospel. 
and for living this sanctified life. And how he served the Lord with all humility before them and warned them of those that will come and try to distort the gospel that he preached. Our text scripture is the Apostle Paul exhorting the elders of Ephesus to stand firm and he commends them to the word of God's grace. This particular word, W-O-R-D, as we talked about last week, it means logos in the Greek, which means something said. It means reasoning. It means a cause. Logos means a doctrine. It means a preaching. It means an utterance. And I want you to note this, and it means a work. A work. The meaning of grace here is God's graciousness, of course. When you look it up, you have to, it's going to say it's God's graciousness. But it means gratitude also, and acceptability. God, we are accepted by God when he pours out his grace upon us. God's favor, when we have God's favor, he, he, he is favoring us. And his liberality, that's what this grace and graciousness means. Liberality, God doesn't give us a little bit of his blessings. He gives us a whole bunch, a whole lot of his blessings. He, he says in Deuteronomy, the blessings will overtake you when you follow his word. When you step into that place of grace. You're out there, you're not being blessed. You need to step into these blessings of grace. You need to step into the word of God. And he will pour out his blessings upon you. More than you could ever contain. Hallelujah. Paul is commending them to God. And to the work of, of to the work or word of his graciousness. Or to the work of his gratitude. He's commending them to the work of his acceptance. Next, another important word is build. I'm, words mean a whole lot to me. If I cannot understand the word, I cannot understand the sentence or, or what the phrase that the person is trying to say. So when I am teaching, I like to uh, give meanings of words. Because sometimes the translator took just part of the meaning. He didn't give all of the meaning. And it may be more there that God wants us to see. So that's why we have a concordance. A Strong's Concordance of the Hebrew and the Greek, if you have one of those, they can give you some meanings of these words. So the word is build, B-U-I-L-D, which means to rear up, confirm. To me, rear up is raising you up, raising you up. This work of grace will raise us up, and when you look up the word rear, it means brings us to maturity. Bring us to maturity. He is, he is, not, he is raising us up, but he, in this grace of his and of his word working in our lives, he is raising us and bringing us to maturity in him, which is what he wants. So we can be, so he can confirm us that that is my sanctified child. Hallelujah. Another word here is inheritance, which is heirship, a patrimony. A patrimony is an inheritance from a father, if you look it up in the English dictionary. Inheritance from a father. The word inheritance means a possession, and it means being an, an inheritor. This work of God's grace gives us an inheritance from our Father God 
as his child. We have an inheritance. We are children of God. 1 John 1.12 tells us that. We are children of God. We have been honored to be called his child, just like Jesus was his child. I think King James calls it, we had the privilege to be the sons of God, just like Jesus was the son of God. The last word I want to analyze is sanctified, which means hallowed, H-A-L-L-O-W. It means to set apart. It means to dedicate. Sanctified means to be consecrated. It means to be separate. And it means to make holy. The word describes a manifestation of life produced by the life, by the indwelling Holy Spirit. It describes here sanctification, the manifestation of life produced by the indwelling Holy Spirit. Sanctification makes life apparent to the sinner man. They are supposed to see that you are different, that you are separate. It makes a public declaration to the world that who you are in Christ Jesus. That's what sanctification is all about. This work of grace places us among the company or society of the sanctified ones. You want to say you are a part of a society? Oh, yes, we are. We are a part of the sanctified ones, and it is a society of heaven. Hallelujah. It shows we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, which is found in Romans 8, chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. It places us up there with Jesus. We've been raised up to be in the place with Jesus. Place is important, and one day I may speak on the spot or the place. Are you in the right spot or are you in the place that God has you? Being sanctified places us in the right place in heaven with Christ Jesus. Let's turn to John 10, 10th chapter, verse 36. Here, Jesus is having a, a discussion, I would say, a se severe or serious discussion with those, with his enemies, his adversaries. And he says here in verse 36 of John 10, Do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? Because I said, I am the Son of God. With these very words is why they crucified the Lord of glory, because he referred to himself as the Son of God. Paul was putting us up there in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, when he was speaking in our text scripture in Acts 20, 32. And if any reason people, your enemies or someone will become your enemy or someone will come uh, against you, it's not because of the color of your skin or it's not because particularly what church you go to. They're going to come against the life that you're living because you are the sanctified one. You need to understand that. You are the sanctified one. The devil don't want us to be sanctified. He doesn't want us to be Children of God. Hallelujah. I heard a preacher say on TV the other day that when Jesus saves you, as far as the Lord is concerned, now as far as the Lord is concerned, you are already in heaven. He said spiritually, we sit in heavenly place, places with Christ. 
Because, because of, if this is so, which we believe it is so, we should see ourselves the same way and live like we are already a part of heaven. Many people still want to play with the old life and claim that Jesus is still working on them. How many have seen a bumper sticker that says, Jesus is still always working on me? If Jesus is still working on you, then you're not a part of the sanctified. You really need to be born again. He is coming back to the sanctified for the sanctified ones. We don't have time to play games with God as we do with each other. When you are truly saved, there is a change. No more playing with sin. The Lord could come at any moment. We need to be truly set apart to Christ. And it comes by the word or work of his grace. He does it. He sets us apart through our giving of ourselves to Jesus Christ. Every day, every moment of the day, you are to consecrate, separate yourself unto God. If we really allow his graciousness to save us, then his graciousness will build us up and take us out of here to our rightful inheritance. Grace is for the saint of God. When we have a heart of repentance, grace steps in and the spirit of God opens our hearts to faith for salvation to become available to the believer in Jesus as Savior. That's when the grace first comes into the person's life. But it comes because of a repentive heart. He just doesn't pour out upon sinners his grace. It comes upon a repentive heart. Grace continues with the believer and follower of Christ every day. When you're a child of God, his grace is overshadowing you. His grace goes with you. God told Paul that his grace was sufficient for all his needs. And when we go through difficulties, whether spiritual difficulties, physical difficulties, financial difficulties, family difficulties, job difficulties, we need to realize that God's grace is sufficient. He is gracious to us and he will work us through. He will take us through every situation because we are his children. If you are a parent and your child is going through something, you're going to do everything to help them. You're going to do everything to bring, bring them to happiness and to joy, to remove the problem. And that's what God's grace does for his children. He will remove the problem. He will bring joy back into your life to those who are children of God. Hallelujah. In conclusion, what did his word of grace do for us? As we look at this scripture. First, it builds us up. Builds us up to maturity. Number two, gives us an inheritance. It gives us a home in heaven and makes us children of God where heaven is our home. Number three, he places us among the sanctified ones. Among those that are sanctified. In the society of sanctification, we are placed there. That's what the word of grace does. And there is a fourth one that Paul elaborated on verses 33 through 35 in Acts 20. And you can read about it later again. He quoted the words of the Lord Jesus that said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So, number four, it makes you generous by giving to the kingdom instead of living off the kingdom. Many people out there, when God's still working on them, are living off the kingdom. 
They want the kingdom to take care of them. They want to do what they want to do, go where they want to go, say what they want to say, live the way they want to say. They're living off the kingdom. But to those who are sanctified, they're generous in their giving and they give to the kingdom. The kingdom is a part of their life. They want to build up the kingdom. They want to spread the kingdom of God wherever they are. To those who are giving, giving to the kingdom, excuse me a minute. <clears throat> to those who are giving to the kingdom, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, tell us this. Quoting 2 Corinthians 9, 8, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. In other words, me paraphrasing, when you do the work of the Lord, you have a giving spirit about what you're doing, about your giving, about your work for the Lord. You have a giving spirit about what you are doing. And he will provide that work. He will provide for that work just like he said he would. You don't have to worry about provision. God will take care of the provision because he is a gracious God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that you know the gracious God? Aren't you glad that you can be a part of his word of grace? That his word is being poured on you continually by his grace? Whatever the word says, whatever the blessings, the promises are there. It's yours if you just dare to believe and have faith in it. Because grace can't work without faith. We got to have faith. Grace is poured out, but unless we reach into it, into that grace by faith and pull it into ourselves, that grace cannot be sufficient for us. Paul had to accept what God said when he said, my grace is sufficient. He had to accept it in faith and go on and shut and throw off those things that so easily beset him. Put them aside and go with God, knowing that God will take care of him. That's what we're supposed to do. The Bible is our manual, tells us how to live this gracious life, tells us how to live in faith. And I trust you are reading your Bible. If you're out there, trust you are reading your Bible. And you're taking time to meditate upon it. And why don't you take time to pray what you read? Pray it and watch God turn around your life. If God is working on you, why don't you surrender all to Jesus? So you'll have a finished work in you. Jesus said it was finished. And he wants to finish the work in you. But it takes you by faith getting into the word so that his grace will be sufficient for you. God wants to save you. God wants to deliver you. God wants to heal you. He wants to meet all your needs. And yes, he is a gracious God. But he gives it to those who are set apart unto him. His grace is sufficient. Paul was set apart unto God. He knew what his purpose was. He was doing what the Lord said he would do. Even though he knew he was going to have to give his life, he was willing to do it for the kingdom of God. And that's the kind of Christian the world is looking for. Many Christians are not that way. God is still working on them, yet they call themselves a Christian. And they're not bringing in the world. The people are not being saved. We're not reaching the, the, the people for the kingdom of God because we need to sell out and be the sanctified ones. Called out to carry what God has for us to do. Praise the Lord. If you're out there today, 
You don't know Jesus as your Savior? Why don't you receive him right now? I pray this morning that there would be somebody watching who needed Jesus. If you need Jesus, in what a capacity, if it's needed for salvation, healing, restoration, transformation, call upon his name right now. The word says, if you will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be delivered from whatever you're going through. And I believe it is happening right now as you do it. Father, I thank you that those who are doing this prayer right now, who will call upon on you, will receive what they're asking for. Right now, I agree with them for salvation, for healing, for restoration, for transformation. I give you the glory, Lord, that your grace is sufficient for all they're going through. And now as they surrender themselves fully to you, spirit, soul, body, finances, they give it all to you. You, O oh God, will pour your grace, graciousness upon them. And your word of grace will build them up, will give them an inheritance. Will, oh God, bring them into to the sanctification and give them a generous heart. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you for what you're doing right now. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.